He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy. The media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. I sat down with the star of the HBO hit series Winning Time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty, Quincy Isaiah. We discussed how he prepared to play the role of NBA legend Magic Johnson, some of his favorite scenes from the first season, and how much he's looking forward to the second season. We also discussed some of the criticism from Lakers players and how much respect he has for Magic Johnson. This was a great episode. Hope you enjoy. Mr. Quincy Isaiah of the hit show Winning Time on HBO, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. How are you doing, sir? It's a good day, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on the show on the rematch, uh, basketballnews.com and Fly TV. So let, let, let me start off because I want to ask you if this is true because you see stuff and you don't know what's true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. But was this really like your first real role ever? Like, that can't be true. It can't be your first role. It's my first role on something bigger than a student or a short film. So okay. I've been acting for years, you know? Okay. But this is the first one where it's at this level and it's this many people on set and it's this much responsibility, you know, all those things. So it's my first time with something as big as this is, you know, uh, but I've been acting prior for years. Okay. Okay. So how did you walk me through first, how you got the role of this being your, your first big break, um, like your big show ever to play magic Johnson, like walk me through that process. Like what was the audition like? So I had to first get an agent, which took, you know, a little while I had to do some short films, some student films. I built those up into like a short, like a reel, you know, a highlight reel. Uh-huh. And I shopped that around uh, on this thing called Actors Access. And I was able to get an agent. She put me out on a whole bunch of auditions. And then this audition came around. I got this audition. I went in. I read. Uh, I even I read off the script. You know, I didn't even have it memorized at the time. And then I got a call back. And that's when uh, Francine Maisler, who was the casting director, Adam McKay, Max Morenstein, Kevin Messick, Jim Heck, all these people are in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I go in and 
I get to meet them for the first time. And after that, um, I booked it, I want to say two weeks after. I did a basketball audition and I booked it an hour after the basketball audition. They called me and told me that I booked it. So did you walk into the to the audition, you know, because I've heard, you know, actors talk about the audition process. Sometimes they go for roles and they don't really think they're going to get it. They're just going on a different audition. Did you walk in there saying, oh, yeah, I could I could kill this magic. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I could do this. I didn't even know what it was for, for honestly, the first time, the first time. So for the audition, I went in, I got the audition, I want to say two days prior. And usually, you know, you try and learn the lines uh, and, uh, like, uh, memorize them before your audition. I didn't realize that I had the lines already. So I didn't see the script until the day of. So I just, by that time, I had done hundreds of auditions and hadn't booked anything that was, like, actually paying. Uh, And I got, you know, a couple callbacks here and there, but it wasn't anything substantial. So... I was just like, okay, you know, here we go. You know, uh, obviously, you know, you still put your best foot forward, but like, right. if you don't know the lines, it's gonna be a little different than if, you know, you got it memorized and you then did all the work behind it. But I will say once I booked the, once I got the audition and got the call back, I came in, I knew my lines. I knew the book, I had read the book by then. Okay. Um, I had watched more videos on Magic. Uh, just starting to really build the character that I, as I would normally do, you know? So talk to me about some of that, because, I mean, you really had magic down packed. I mean, you had, did you like practice the smile? Did you practice, like, how did, how did you start studying to be a, a figure as iconic as Magic Johnson? That's funny. People always mention the smile, like, uh, like you got the smile down packed. I'm like, it's this is how I've been smiling for years. It just okay. Let's so smile. <laughs> yeah, it just so happened to work as magic, too. Right. Uh, but, like, just trying to figure out, I think one of the biggest things that I wanted to do is not get too caught up in trying to do things the exact way that he did it okay. and just try to understand the feeling behind things mm. and understand his spirit more so than, like, getting this, this, um, like how he moves or how he talks or how he throws the basketball. Instead of like trying to get those precisely right, I wanted to try and embody the 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 person that brought those characteristics to life. Okay. And if I could do that, I would be able to do the same things, but in my own way and make it my, you know, make it my character. Of right, life. right, right. So I mean, but you're you're a young cat though. You didn't like grow up watching magic. You you know you so you're you're from Michigan, right? Yeah. So you mean you didn't even I don't even know. Did you grow up watching the Fab Five? Like who did you who did you grow up watching around in Michigan? I I was watching Shaq, man. Watching uh, Shaq? Okay. Yeah, the Pistons. Uh, as I got old enough to remember, like uh-huh. they had just traded Grant Hill. My dad was a huge Pistons fan. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and um, like. I want to say once they traded Grant Hill, I felt, I guess I felt betrayed. Okay. I was like, all right, I can't be no business fan no more. And Shaq was dominating that day. Everybody. So I, and, and people used to call me Baby Shaq. So oh, I was, okay. I was like, Shaq, that, that's who I'm with. I don't care about nobody, no other team. <laughs> Wherever Shaq is, that's where I'm at. So yeah. Shaq was my favorite. Um, but how, how is you, Baby Shaq? What, what are you like, 6'2? <laughs> Yeah, 
six two, six three. Right. So I was your baby Shaq. <laughs> but like when I was younger, I was bigger. Okay. You know, all right. All right. All right. All fake. Going okay. Through. I got you. Um, <laughs> I was bigger than everybody. You know, okay. at my age, I played basketball. So yeah. it was. Um, it was a fitting name at the time. At the time. Now, your dad, you mentioned your dad was a Pistons fan. He actually named you after Isaiah Thomas, right? Yeah. Yeah, talk about that. Because he was like a diehard Pistons fan. Pistons fan. Yeah, and uh, Fab Five. Uh, okay. Okay, like, yeah. Both of them were like, them was his boys. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, Isaiah Thomas. I didn't even realize this until my uncle told me, like, years later. Like, uh-huh. a few years ago. He was like... Yeah, you was named after Isaiah Thomas. And I've been thinking that my name was spelled wrong the entire time because on my birth certificate, it spelled like Isaiah as in Isaiah Thomas. Right. I spelled my, like Quincy Isaiah, I spell it uh, six letters instead of five. I, it's an extra A in there. Oh, and okay. I did that because I thought, my mom always told me the hospital spelled it wrong. <laughs> my dad being a jokester, he probably told her that like, they spelled it wrong because he wanted to name me after Isaiah Thomas as opposed to Isaiah in the Bible. So I feel you. I feel you. you. Know, um, I feel you. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So I also read you were like this close to joining the military, right? So your whole life would have been completely different. Tell me how how that happened and how you ended up not going to the military and ending up playing, you know, Magic Johnson. Yeah, like I said, it was a whole bunch of auditions, not a whole bunch of roles coming my way. Uh, I felt like I probably needed more time to cook, you know, just get older and um, play the more mature roles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the military, it just, like, my, I had a lot of family that went to the military. Um, I felt like I could use the training, money, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. I could get another degree, you know, uh, and just, it is seemed like it was a lot of benefits that fit with my personal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I would still be able to come back and continue acting afterwards, you know? So I felt like that was like the perfect route for me, but obviously, you know, God, the universe, whatever you believe in, had different plans for me, you know? So, uh, and you know, again, I'm thankful for that, but like also, I don't know, like I'm very good at understanding when I need to pivot in my life. You know, mm-hmm. and make a different, um, you never know. Like, if you need to be, just stand flexible, you know? Right, right, so right. That's, that's one of my strongest uh, traits is being able to stay flexible. So and, so, so, what happened? Why didn't, why didn't you go to the military? Um, I had a hip surgery in 10th grade. Okay. And once they found that out, the process slowed down a lot. Um, and within the time of me going and like taking the practice test and like me or the recruiter and them calling me back about the uh about coming in to do like the testing and all that mm-hmm. i had booked the show so it was literally i feel like divine intervention oh like, it sounds I, like it you no know, like, so, like so, hey, so <laughs> you were waiting on them to call you back yeah oh snap yeah no yeah that's not like god stop that like let's go a different yeah. route exactly so, oh, okay yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, I also read you played football in college, right? Mm-hmm. And so you wasn't really, I mean, besides when you were little and you had the baby Shaq name, you know what I mean? You really, basketball really wasn't your sport. It was more football. So how did you prepare to play? Again, one of the most iconic basketball players 
ever known to man. How did you how did you get ready to play uh, basketball? So organized, I always played football. You know, uh, I started, I want to say sixth grade, where I was like playing every year. And that's around the time that I stopped playing basketball organized. But since I was like three, I played at like the Y, you know, okay. Like, okay. in the league. Okay. And then once sixth grade hit, I, I switched to football because of I was doing bad in the math class. And my mom told me I couldn't uh, play, I couldn't play basketball anymore. Okay. And so once I stopped playing my seventh grade year, it kind of got hard to get on the team from there. Okay. Okay. But um, with that, like I just always played basketball. I like I remember in the summer we would go to football practice, come home, and then play basketball the rest of the day. Gotcha. Video games until like midnight. You know. Gotcha. What I'm gotcha. gotcha. So basketball was always the first thing that, like, the first sport that I okay. really loved, and it made it easy. Once you know you like, all right, here go a basketball. I'll go get better at it now. So like, we had a coach, um, Edon Ravine. He helped us out uh, and okay. just put a lot of work into it, and just like really getting into it and um, just getting better, man. It made it, and like I get to go get better at basketball for a job. Like that's. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's part like part, and I don't have to be as good as an NBA player. I just kind of got to kind of be good, you know. But, so, but but you already had game, is what you're saying, basically. I had hustle, you know. Yeah, like, hustle. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Like, <laughs> it was fair, but like we had to we had to pick up on some certain skills. Like I I, I know how to shoot better. I can dribble better now. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Not, and, and Edon is official. You know, I've known him for a long time. He's a trainer and he's training guys in the league. So he, he'll, he'll definitely get you right. I also yeah. heard uh, Rick Fox put you through like a training camp and like try to make you throw up. Like, tell, tell me about that. So that was uh, after I did the audition and the callback. Two weeks after that, that's when uh, I met with Rick for the first time. Okay. He did the basketball audition. And uh, it was like two hours long. The first hour, the first hour, you know, like we was, you know, getting into it. He put me through a few uh, drills. And then the second hour we got on, like they put it on camera for HBO. And I think that's when he kicked it into overdrive and tried to get me to throw up. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know at the time, but he definitely was trying. Yeah, I wasn't, but I wasn't going, man. I wasn't about to throw up in front of them, especially right. the cameras on. No, it right. Wasn't, it wasn't about to happen. Um, <laughs> but it was, I mean, again, though, I come from football, man. So, like, just being yeah. able to play, play college football and high school football and heat, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, um, I feel like it prepared me for those mentally tough challenges uh, when it comes to physical challenges, at least. You know? Well, I mean, you got it, though. So, where, you know, sometimes you see some movies or some shows and basketball movies and you see somebody, you be like, man, he can't really play. You could just tell. But you, you can tell, like, you had some kind of skill. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't play before. So I, that's what I think. That's my opinion. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, you know how, like, sometimes they'll show, like, you shoot, and then the camera go away, and you see the ball go through the net. Those little tricks. But you, it was like you was doing the real passes. Like, you was real. Yeah. You had a lot of that. And I thought you did a great job myself. That's my yeah. personal opinion. Because, like, we didn't want that. We didn't want, like... I don't know, like, you see me doing stutter steps or, like, you know, like, um, it's real choppy. It's like, nah, if the camera on me, it's going to be smooth. You know, like, you're going to look at that and be like, 
damn, is that magic? I, like, I know, that's right? What, that's what you want. And hearing you say that we got somewhere close to that, that's yeah. uh, that's validation for me. No, no, no. You did a good job, both, you know, as far as the acting and the basketball acting as well. And still, and I read this, you know, but you've still never met Magic, right? You've never met him still? Uh-huh. That's crazy. <laughs> and so you Wait, really. It feel like I didn't met him. Just with all the stuff that's out there and just like the interviews and it's, I don't know. I feel like I know his spirit, you know? Yeah, I know, but I mean as far as meeting him in person. So I, I just interviewed Spencer Haywood uh, last week, and he actually told me, um, you know, he looked directly into the camera, and he made a plea for Magic and Kareem to actually watch Winning Time. He said, that, you know, he knows that they had some different, you know, grumblings about the show and everything like that for different reasons, um, but he said it was a great show. You know, he loved it. You know, they should watch it. They're portrayed well, He's, especially Kareem. He was like, you know, you're the you're kind of the hero in this, like in the relationship. Um, but I still can't believe that y'all never y'all never actually met. Um, would you like to meet Magic sometime someday and like talk to him and you know you know would you like to do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm open to it. Like, my I guess my thing is just like I don't want to force anything, you know. And, yeah. Um, and I understand that it could be crazy having a show about you, so I'm just like. If it happens, cool. You know, that's another, that's a successful black man. Like, of course, like that, that's, I'm always open to that. But it's right. just like, uh, I get why it hasn't happened. I understand yeah. it. So I don't, I can't put my expectations on anybody. You know what I mean? So, it's so, just, so why, why do you think it hasn't happened? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, so I, you know, I've, I was, you know, I, I've heard you say a few times, I was reading, a, I think it was GQ magazine. And like a few other interviews. And you said that you wanted to remind everyone that some liberties were taking place um, or taken with the version of Magic Johnson that you play. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you know, I don't want to misquote you, but it was something to the fact that uh, this is a fictional portrayal of who he was at age 20 right. and that you have and that you have nothing but respect for Magic. And I've seen a few interviews where you kept saying that um why did you need to feel the need to reiterate that so so much was that like in question or you know why did you feel the need to keep saying it? because you know like i keep getting asked the question honestly like mm. it, it it's like that's where i come from so i feel like i gotta make sure that at least when people are asking me about magic and like about what's going on there and why he hasn't watched it from me and my perspective, mm-hmm. I got respectful. And, and it might not come off that way. I don't know if like the show, like whatever, however he feels about the show, I want to make sure that my, my uh, like where I stand, doesn't have any fade and like have any, there's no trepidation in understanding where I come from in terms of where I look at him as his position in society, you know? Um, okay. Okay. Oh, and again, it just keeps coming up. So that's why that keeps being a thing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair. So, so, so the the I thought the show was great. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I know, I know Jerry West had an issue with how he was portrayed. Um, but I didn't think it was really. You know, it seemed like he was passionate about the the team and passionate about basketball and passionate about winning. 
that's what I got from him. Yeah, that it seemed like he was a little overpassionate, but overpassionate isn't necessarily a negative thing when you're really passionate about something. You know, that that's what I took from it. But um, you know, what were some of the scenes that were some of your favorite scenes from the show? I have a few that were mine. I'm gonna ask you about them, but what were some of your favorite scenes um to play? To play mm-hmm. or just so your scenes that you were in. That I was in. Yeah, that you was in. Okay. Um it's a few. Mm-hmm. Uh I'd say I'll break it down to three because uh it's only because the only reason why I'm going with these three is because it it kind of touches on three different areas of Magic's life. Okay. One was with Jerry West. I felt like that was like him connecting with like the outside uh NBA world. Not his immediate team, but like people that like this NBA world. And like that's where he shows that he wants to win. That shows where he has that killer mentality, where he has this thing that Jerry West isn't so sure about that he has in him. And like just acting alongside Jason Clark was just incredible, you know. So, so what you're talking about the scene when they were sitting after they lost to Dr. J the first time. Okay, and they're saying I'm just placing so they, which one you're talking about, and he's talking yep. to him. Okay, yeah. all right, all right, gotcha. He's like, you know, like, uh, Reed says, I, if I would have scored 10 points in five more games, I have five more rings instead of nightmares. And I feel like you get to get to the bottom of who Jerry West is in that scene as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Magic connects, you know? Right. So it's that one, and then it's another one uh, with me and Solomon, uh, me and Cap, where we do the fight, you know, where yeah. it come to blows. And that's one of my favorites because it's just like, it's like this this small this intensity that's kind of been burning and like this um friction that's been there. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just see it, it flips and it explodes. And it, it felt like it was going in a different place, but it shifts, the energy completely shifts. But that's where their relationship uh starts getting better and like starts they start coming together more as the new leader and the old leader definitely. out how to work together in order to get where they want to go. Definitely. You know? definitely. And you had to challenge him as well. Yeah. So it yeah. was like, that was when you were saying, what, what did you say? Um, you know, we all call you cat, but you're not leading anything like you, yeah. you know, not being a part of us. So we trying to do all that. I thought that was a great scene. Thank you. I, yeah. and that was one of, again, that was one of my favorites yeah. uh, where great I scene. just, cause you know, I smile a lot on the show. Right, that was right, one right. scene where I got to like just give it to him, you know, right. and like where we, me and him, just acting, you know, and um, and it was just I remember the feeling because I love Solomon, me and Solomon are real cool, and yeah. I just remember being able to like feel that anger from him and mm-hmm. me, like, and me have that anger towards him and just feeling how um real it felt in that moment. So mm-hmm. that was another one, and then the third one. Is me and uh, Cindy in episode six after I've talked to Dr. Buss and we in the locker room and like she, you know, I throw the pin and like, um, like it's like the breakup scene, but the makeup scene, like, where, you know, um, where, you know, we end up fighting and then that leads to uh, a more intimate scene. So, a more intimate scene, right. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah, I got yeah. you. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's one of my favorite scenes because of how fast it, it not how fast it changes, but um again, just this build up into like this 
this kind of calm down, but you can still feel the build up in the intimate scene. And it's like, it's just murky and dirty. And I just, I loved how dirty that scene was in terms of, <laughs> in terms of like a, um, the character, like how dirty the, the, uh, it was a lot going on in that scene. Right. In terms right. of mentality. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. You know, you had you had some some scenes with so Miss um I gotta give her a shout out, uh Miss Lisa Gay Hamilton. Oh yeah, um, who played Magic's Mama. That was another favorite. I was I was always a fan. I was always a fan of hers um because I grew up watching the practice. Okay. Like that was one of my favorite shows when I was younger. And I actually just started watching it again with my daughter Imani. So she loves it. So I've been watching her. So it was cool seeing her. But what was it like working with her? Like, so one of my friends, he actually wanted to become a lawyer because of Steve Harris, who was also on the show. Hmm. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Because yeah. of the same show. Um, yeah. Lisa Gay was incredible. The bathtub scene. Yeah. Um. That, so that was our first time actually meeting. We met that day. Oh, wow. And I think being able to not really know her as much, it showed oh. that um, that withholding love that I think we were going for with, uh, the, with, her, with her as a mom. Mm -hmm. I think me and Rob being have working together since the pilot and like just being in communication since then, mm -hmm. I think that showed the juxtaposition between how magic the character is with his dad versus his mom. And I mm -hmm. think um, we just that that relationship is able to be played so well because of that. And she's just really good at just um, that prideful mom who's not going to give it to you, but she'll tell everybody else. Everybody else, yeah. <laughs> you know? She's like, I ain't going to big your head up, but I'm going right. to big up your head while you not here. You know right. Right, right. Tell every, all her friends, everybody, she's going to brag about you, but just not tell you. And just be the sweetest woman. Like, she yeah. just, like, <laughs> she just looks so sweet when she's doing it. And right, like, right. Oh, and then as soon as just being her one-on-one, -on -one, she's, nope. Like, nope. I don't need no new tub. I like my old tub. <laughs> right, right, right. So, <laughs> I thought just, that was great. You know, to play with that and, like, toe the line, I think yeah. is, um, yeah, it's, it's executed very well. I definitely agree. Let me ask you about another scene. Uh, the scene with you and uh, Devon Nixon, who played his father. Now, I think he did a tremendous job at playing his father. I thought he did a really, and it was, it's always really cool when you see like a son playing their father. You know what I mean? Like when Ice Cube's son played him. You know, I, I, I just, for me, I think that's pretty cool. But it was the all white party when y'all first met and then y'all playing one on one. I, I thought that was a great scene. But talk to me about that scene. Yeah. It's an okay scene. It ain't all that. No, nah, <laughs> uh, nah, I'm just playing. It was good. I feel like that scene needed to happen in order to show, um, again, just to show the doubts that, you know, Magic was having yeah. as a, as a night, probably 19 at that time, mm -hmm. or he gets drafted. And, and, like, you know, being young and just being like, yo, is this world – too big for me right now. Mm -hmm. Like, do I need to cook a little bit longer? It's kind of the same thing that I was thinking about. Like, am I going to be able to fit in in this Hollywood stuff? Like, am mm -hmm. I going to be able to really make a living in this world? And, and, you know, you have these doubts, but it's about 
leaning on the people that you trust. And like, um, and I think him talking to his dad after mm -hmm. that scene and just like, cause Norm, it, it, he gives it to him. Like mm -hmm. he, uh, and like he embarrasses him. You he know, in front of everybody. Right, but to come back, I think that's that's that shows you what type of man you are. I feel like that that shows your character. I think that that needed to happen to show magic. Um, I don't know, just like this is, if you want to be a, a professional and you want to win, you mm -hmm. got to take some lumps. Right. You know, so right. um, I, I enjoyed that scene just for like the storytelling aspect. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great scene, though. But but then there's another scene where Magic got the best of the other dude. So it was the scene yeah. where there's playing against Cookie's interest or temporary boyfriend or whatever she was, right? Yeah. And whatever she was, whatever she was. Yeah. <laughs> she was. But talk talk about that scene. I thought that was a cold yeah. scene, to be honest with you. <laughs> so that actually happened. It uh, happened just like that. Well, I don't know, just like that. But I think close enough to like that. <laughs> it's in Cookie's book where like Magic goes to play against her then boyfriend uh -huh. and like shows him up. So uh, <laughs> I think for me, it was definitely bringing in that uh, that that scene with, with Norm because it's like the reverse. Like you okay. know, my, my butt handed to me now. It's right. time for me to hand out a butt whooping. So, That's right. Uh, that was that was probably the funniest scene that I shot. Mm. Like, just cause it was just like me trash talking. I got to play basketball. Uh, you know, like I got the ball in my hand. I'm shooting threes. I'm blocking shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's just fun. Um, and like, I was just ad-libbing throughout that entire thing too. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it was just, again, they just let me rip on that scene. So I was just like, all right, cool. Uh, and I got to be the villain, you know what I mean? Like for, wow for a little bit so yeah well, that's even more impressive that you was ad-libbing most of that yeah so when um when i come back and i'm saying to camera uh would you just play ball mm -hmm. i had no idea that that was gonna make it in there like it was literally just me just walking after like you know we did the scene and then i looked to the camera because it was there and i was like would you just play ball like mocking them yeah and, for them to have like, and that's why I say the, the team around me is so good. Cause the mm -hmm. editing for you to catch that and right. then put the higher pitch voice on it. Right. Right. And like, you know, like, I'm just oh, like, good. it looked good. And it made yeah. me look good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, nah, it came out, it came out great, honestly though. Um, so I want to ask you about uh, John C. Riley. Uh, yeah. We all know him from Step Brothers, but he is really an amazing actor and he did a great job of portraying Dr. Jerry Butts. So just talk to me about how it was like working with him and how impressed you were about him. The absolute beast, man. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's one of them things where like on set, you see that he's like good. You see that like he's putting it together. But like mm -hmm. when you see it come out episode like each week and see the, the transformation he's making week to week, right? It's 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 <laughs> genius level, God level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm mean, yeah. not even gonna, like, you know, blow smoke up his ass. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just looking at the performance, I didn't know, I didn't know that was happening at the time. <laughs> you know, like, you. like, I knew he was good, but yeah. like, it's like, no, nah, like, this is one of the best, at least in my estimation, well, I hear you. The best performances that I've seen right. on television, you right. know, where right. he's just operating at a different level. 
you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and he's he became Jerry Buss. So he I did. mean, you know, um, go ahead, my bad. No, no, I say he did. He, I agree yeah. with you. He became Jerry Buss. <laughs> so just um, and then again, being able to see that, like you said, from somebody who played Step Brothers and yeah. uh, and did the uh, the Kong movie uh-huh. and like Magnolias, uh, uh-huh. uh, the Boogie Nights, all these movies he didn't did for him to slip into a role like that. I think yeah. that's very impressive. And definitely, definitely. I, um, I look to him as like a a guiding light in in a way of like mm-hmm. how to be professional at this thing that we do you know this right. act is so right 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 yeah you know let me ask you this um what is something that you learned about the lakers or the you know people around the the lakers organization at that time um that you didn't know before this project yeah uh yeah, man. I think just about all the changes and mm-hmm. just how um, how uh, mediocre they were. Mm-hmm. They weren't like great. Uh, they had one ring. They lost a lot in the championships. I mean, I knew that they had lost to Boston a lot, but I didn't, I didn't know it was that much. I yeah, yeah, I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, like I thought it was a few times. It was. Right. What six in a row? Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> like, a lot of losses. <laughs> it's like, bro, like, and then to be able to come back and then start a robbery with them in the eighties because mm-hmm. of the, the players that both of y'all drafted, and it becomes another thing for the next ten years. Right. I think. I don't know. And then for after that robbery kind of burns out for you to take the Lakers, for the Lakers to go on. So it started off like with Boston at the top. Then it was like Boston and the uh, Lakers like kind of competing for who's at the top as a franchise. Mm -hmm. And then the Lakers kind of like edged them out in the last 20 years, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, I didn't realize that, that um, just how much it changed in terms of who was the the premier franchise in the NBA, you know? Right, right. right. Um, Yeah. You know, cracked out, not cracked out, but like, you know, how much drug use was. uh, It was a lot. There's a lot of drug use back in the day. They're like, how you go play a a full game, you know, using drugs and um, just not being sustained, like like fully, uh, I don't know, trained and all that a game. I don't understand I how they were able to do it. So. You know, I was kind of surprised with, you know, and I learned a lot when in the interviewing Spencer Haywood, but I was surprised at how when the team voted for him not to, you know, uh, to kind of be kicked off the team. I didn't know that it went down kind of like that, that the team yeah. voted. They was like, nah, we don't need for that far. Like, you're in the second game of the finals, and then for them to kick him off there, I I don't know. I thought that was kind of tough. Like, what would you what would you think about that? Yeah, I didn't know because somebody had asked me, like, did they really vote him out? I'm, I don't know. And then he said it in the podcast that we yeah. did, yeah. and I'm like, oh, so they actually voted you off, like yeah. the players. And, yeah, and he said that he had already played in the finals of game. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yo, like, and he said, he said he ain't getting no playoff share that year too. Yeah, he told me that on the, on, the, on the interview. I was like, dang, that's messed up. And he couldn't go to the parade. Okay. I was yeah. like, dang, that's messed up. Yeah. I mean, 
It's tough. It, it, it that's tough, you know. That's but it's like it, it's one of them things where it's like, is it is it more is it beneficial to him as a person to allow him to keep going and keep continuing, or is it more beneficial to be like, hey, you got a problem, even though we might hurt because of this, we still your problem matters more. So we gonna make sure that you go get the help you need, and we gonna go finish this off. Yeah. But but it seemed like they ain't even try to help him. They just said you you out of here. Like you, you yeah. kicked off. Like it'd be different if they try to get him help, but they ain't really try to get him help. That you just can't be a part of us. Right. I mean, that's tough. That's it could be tough love too. You know, it's like that's so that's tough though. No, it is. It is it because is. because the team you know is supposed to be like so much of this family type of a thing, and it's like. You don't just kick your family to the curb. You at least try to get them help. At least right. try. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but also for drugs to be so rampant at that time, you know, I don't know how there wouldn't be more Spencer Haywoods, you know what I mean, struggling because it was like everywhere. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, because you saw from the opening thing when you came, uh, I think it was like the first episode and you came on and uh, you was with uh, Dr. Buss. And somebody said, hey, would you like some coke? We about to do some coke in the back. And oh, he was yeah. like, nah. But that's how open it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's a different time. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. And I think for him, for them, it had gotten to a point where it was like, all right. Because dude, fell, he fell asleep at he, practice. I know. Like, <laughs> like they thought he died at the shoot-around. Yeah. 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 So it's like... And he said he said it happened just like that though. That wasn't no exaggeration. Like they like Michael Cooper thought he died. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was dead. That's yeah, crazy. He was, dead. He, was uh, he was asleep like a dead man or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> you know, um, one part that that kind of surprised me, um, and I didn't know this myself, uh, was the scene where y'all were at the table. This was the beginning. Might have been the first episode, mm-hmm. and it was with um, Jack Kent Cook, mm-hmm. and. Just the way that he was, like he was saying the racist stuff, you know. Look here, boy. Four hundred thousand is our final offer. We called Magic a thoroughbred. Was being all condescending to his to his dad. I was just like, dang, that's how he was. Like, and then I started reading, and and I went back and researched some stuff about him. I was like, Lord, he was. You know what I mean? Like, I but I didn't know any of that. Did you, yeah. did you know who he was or, you know? I Honestly, I didn't even know who Jerry Buss was. Honestly. Oh, okay. okay. I, like, I knew Jeannie was because yeah. she, her, her brothers was, yeah. you know, having a tug of war. But, like, before that, I'm like, okay, Jerry Buss. Like, I might have heard the name, but I mm-hmm. didn't really know. So I had no idea who Jack and Cook was. You know, right. like, um, it was just like a, oh, that, 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 uh, Honestly, it made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, oh, you know. Yeah, old school. Yeah, right. Like, okay. That's right. right. <laughs> hey, <you> know, <laughs> the 70s. And yeah. he's already probably in his 50s, 60s. So yeah, it's like, he's already old. You know what I'm saying? He's going a different time. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know? So I wasn't expecting nothing different. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I remember your, your mom came out to L.A. with you for a few days um, in the beginning when you first started shooting um, and kind of just kind of helped, you know, kind of wanted to make sure everything was all right and, you know, check out everything and stuff like that. What was that like, you know, with your mom? How did she respond to 
seeing everybody. I know Rodney Barnes, he's that's 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 my man. Like he's you know, I mean I know I know you're closer too. But how did that how did they um make your mom feel comfortable and feel at ease and you know everything like that uh to let her turn you loose basically out to LA. Right. Uh, <laughs> so like she she was visiting in spurts and like I think it was very much like a uh I gotta make sure my baby's fine. I get it. <laughs> like that I'm good and like all oh, this. And I think I don't know. I wanna say at a certain point when she got on set and she got to see like who I was around and just like how how good people were. I, I wanted to say nice, but like it ain't even about them being nice. It's about mm-hmm. like just being able to feel their character, you know, mm-hmm. and like understand that like I'm in good hands, you right. know. And I think she was able to see that. And I think that helped put this um, ease on her. And right. um, and Rodney was definitely a part of that. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Like being just like a calm and present. Even though, you know, I ain't about to sit here and talk good about Rodney. <laughs> Y'all always say that. <laughs> yeah, like, Rodney, yeah, yeah, all right. Y'all got love for each other, just say it. You know what no, I mean? No, <laughs> like, yeah, he all right. He all right. Like, Rodney, he, because he always got something smart to say. Always. That's him. He think he's intelligent. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's him. So I can't imagine how, you know, proud your family is of you, you know, and watching you because you really, you know, crush the role. So I got to ask you, like, what's next for you? I know your phone got to be ringing off the hook at, at this point, you know, after that performance. So what, what's what's the next project that's lined up for you? It's ringing off the hook, but it ain't nobody calling for jobs. <laughs> oh, okay. Not yet? Well, it's coming, though. It's mostly people calling me for jobs, like, so they can get a job, you know? Gotcha. But I'm, I'm just talking jobs. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I just want to do good work, man. Uh, and, like, I don't want to just jump into anything, too. Mm-hmm. So it's about just being um, just smart and just making sure that I'm – Picking roles that I can be like it, it challenged me in a in a different way than any other role has challenged me in this good material working with good people because mm-hmm. I think one thing that this show has allowed me to do is see what it look and feel like when you work on a set with good people that's talented at their job and good material. So mm-hmm. as long as I can stay in that same pocket. I'm happy as an artist, you know, uh, and that's where I'm trying to stay in terms of the material and the people that I work with. So um, I do, I ain't gonna say I do anything, but I do just about anything in terms of like a character, you know, okay. just just to challenge myself. But I want to make sure that it's good material and it's a good team around me, so. Got you, got you. Yeah. So, you know, last question, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, winning Time got picked up for a second season. Um, right. Y'all started shooting yet or not yet? Not yet, not yet. Okay, okay. So you don't know what Winning Time, what season two has in store? Like, you haven't seen the script or is it all secretive or like, oh, not yet? I've talked to Max and Rodney about, like, where magic is going. But okay. that's about the extent of what I know. Okay, so you couldn't give us, like, a sneak peek on what to expect for season two. The only thing that I feel like I probably could tell you is, is go check the history books. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I got you. If, if you keep up with, with the history book, or the book, Showtime, by Tess okay. Brown, you right. know some tidbits that's coming up. Um, and that's honestly about the extent that I know. 
Got you. Got you. All right. Well, hey, again, you did a great job. You know, I was watching it and thinking that, you know, am I looking at magic? Like, this is like, like you really, you know, portrayed him well. So kudos to you. Uh, much success in the future. And you'll be playing a whole lot. Of, if your phone ain't ringing off the hook yet, it'll be ringing off the hook very soon. So, you know, I'm going to enjoy watching you um, in roles, you know, for, for many years down the line. So much respect to you and keep doing your thing, sir. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.